0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Little blast from the past. Some of you, uh, some of you might recognize that as our theme, as it were, from way back in the day. Our theme to level eleven D seven, which was our Marvel podcast for a number of uh, episodes, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to do a little bit of that sort of a sort of a level eleven D seven version of the show today. Although it's a video and it's not a group and and it's not level eleven D seven. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. And welcome, Jason Hunt here in the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters. And we are very much looking forward to uh, the discussion today. And hope that you have some thoughts you're willing to share with us. If you're listening, speaking of podcasts, if you're listening to us, if you prefer to listen rather than watch my ugly mug you can find the podcast on various different players we call it the sci-fi for me radio network iheart radio amazon music spotify apple podcasts double twist stitcher TuneIn, in pocket casts you can find uh, you can find this show on all of those players we do hope you check those out of course we do invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, hit the notification bell so uh, you know when we put new content out, new programming. I'm trying to get out of the habit of saying content because content is just dull and boring, and it doesn't really speak to what kind of, of channel we are. Um, I, Mrs. Boss and I got into a, a conversation about it the other day. And it is one of those things where I don't consider us to be a traditional YouTube channel so much as I see us as a TV channel that happens to be on YouTube. And I think that approach has has served us in some capacity and has worked against us in other capacities. So, in the end, we'll see if it balances out or not. I could just be, you know, tilting at windmills here, but, you know, it is what it is. The comments are open. If you're here with us live, comments are open over on Facebook. The chat is open on YouTube. I see uh, Robert and uh, Sci Fi Snob in there. Welcome. And uh, if you are not live with us, you can still leave a comment or send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. Tonight, we've got a brand new edition of Salacious Crumbs, which uh, is our show for all of the news and rumors about Star Wars. And then, of course, we talk about those in a more discussion format uh, over on the ranker Pit, which is uh, our show, our roundtable discussion on um, Friday both of those shows at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, so we do hope you join us for those. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about WandaVision, because that's the, that's the conversation that everybody seems to be having this weekend, and uh, it is a conversation worth having because I'm I'm noting that a lot of people are not quite sure what to think about it and i find this very interesting now over on rotten tomatoes such as it is i know it's it's rotten tomatoes but still 97 percent on the critic side 81 percent on the audience side so it's doing fairly well but I've seen a lot of comments on social media, Facebook and Twitter especially, talking about how they don't like WandaVision. There are certain people out there that are not quite sure what to think about this. And some of it is the black and white. Some of it is the fact that it's a Marvel sitcom, quote-unquote. And I'm wondering... How many of these folks are familiar with the comic book origins, the comic book source material? I don't think they are. Now, I've seen some comic book people, Larry Hama, Jimmy Pomiatti, uh looking at this going, eh, it's not for me. You know, people people who have been in the comics industry for decades... Who are not uh, not quite taken with this and are reporting same from like neighbors and friends and people they're talking to. So there are people out there that are that are looking at WandaVision as a curious odd duck that's maybe not worth worth the attention. And I I would suggest to those people, and we've even had people here on staff who've looked at it and thought, this is this is terrible. This is garbage. I hate it worse than I expected to. And, and I think for those folks, uh, for any of you who are on the fence about WandaVision, pe- people who are kind of taken aback at these first couple of episodes and the format that they present, give it a little time because it's building to something. Now, we've known for a long time that WandaVision was going to lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And the suggestion, even, even with that connection being known, uh, it does appear, and and Mr. Harvey's got some thoughts on this. He's not able to join us today, but he's got some thoughts on on the involvement of the House of M storyline. And we'll get into that here in a minute. It's It's one of those things where they're going to be pulling... Uh, deep cuts I think from the comic books rather than depend solely on what we've seen in the movies and that could be good that could be bad it does deepen the characters it does deepen the story potential the different things that they can do with Wanda and Vision but if they don't do it right they could be leaving a number of people behind; those that have not read those comic books and and those stories on which it appears uh, some of this material could be based. Yul Carter makes a point in the in the chat: social media is only for negativity and promotion. I I think that's true. <coughs> Somebody will promote, and twelve people will criticize. And you know, it is. It is what it is. I don't know. So, uh, but I think uh, I think if we go through some of this and some of the, uh, I want to say it was Screen Crush has done a couple of episodes on their YouTube channel about all of the different Easter eggs that are in the show, and they they do some deep dives into. Some really obscure, if you haven't read the comic books, you wouldn't even know this existed as a thing. I mean, there's a reference in one episode to the alien cow midwife who delivered the twins. I mean, it, it, it's, it's very esoteric. And I think that there are places in the show it still works as a show even if you're not familiar with all of the all of the source material Uh, but i think those who are familiar with the source material are going to have a deeper appreciation of it and those of you who are not quite sure those of you who are wondering just what exactly it is that you just watched I would encourage you to stick with it because this is the same kind of thing that happened with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you go back and you look at the beginnings of that show, and that was where Level 117 started for us. It began as a discussion about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and expanded into into the overall MCU. One of the things that we kept harping on at the very beginning of that show was the fact that the show just felt like it was spinning its wheels and in the first season you saw a precipitous drop off in the audience it started out at 22 million people watching the show and then it dropped like gone very quickly and the reason for that was because they couldn't tell the story that they had planned to tell until Captain America winter soldier came out and did the whole big Hydra is infiltrated shield reveal after which agents of shield as a show started to pick up and by that time however the audience was gone but we stuck with it because this was something that we were doing as part of our programming here and as the as the whole hydra connection thing started to play out the show got interesting that we actually saw where they were going and what they were doing and my thinking had always been oh, this show should have debuted on abc after civil war hit the theaters not before because it was a it was a missed opportunity the television group sat there and they made this thing but they hamstrung their writers by by limiting what they could do until captain america came out this is one of the problems that the tv shows have had in the past with regard to the overall marvel cinematic universe because they weren't actually kind of maybe sort of connected. I mean, the Netflix shows definitely were and were not. They made reference to the the movies, but they didn't actually connect with the movies that much. And a lot of people felt that disconnect. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tried to straddle the line. Sometimes it was part of the MCU. Sometimes it was its own thing. And a lot of people started to think of it as its own Elseworlds alternate split off- from the movies and so that I think is a danger here where you have people that are coming in on the first couple of episodes on WandaVision and looking at it and going what is this This is not a Marvel well, this doesn't feel like a Marvel superhero show this is an old sitcom Dick Van Dyke I, I don't like Dick Van Dyke I don't like Bewitched why are they doing this and the assumption is that they're doing a parody of these old shows and they're not they're not doing a parody it's not a send up it's an homage it is a it is a a tribute i guess you could say partly and i think the reasoning in in this and i and and i've seen this a couple of different places the speculation as to why the sitcoms and uh, talking you're looking at articles talking with the writers and the producers about the about the overall theme Uh, one of the things that they kept coming back to when they were watching so many different sitcoms to get a feel for the style and the rhythm and the timing and and what have have you you know even consulting with dick van dyke on what made his show work. And his advice to them was. If it can't happen in real life. It could happen on the show. And so taking all of these different pieces. And synthesizing them into a new sitcom environment. Uh, the, the thing that they kept coming back to. In all of these different things at work. Was this idea of family. And when you stop and consider. Where Wanda has been. And the death of Vision in the movies. A lot of people are wondering, how is Vision back? Or is Vision back? Because that's the other part of that question. Has she just conjured him up? Is this all a figment of her imagination? Because if they're going to lean into House of M, at some point, Wanda has a psychotic break... And in that storyline, when she says, no more mutants, she completely recreates reality, so all the mutants are gone. That's that's a very, very, very bare-bones explanation of it. But Wanda has the power to do this kind of thing. And the speculation all over the internet right now is that she's in some sort of pocket reality, whether it's imposed upon her or if this is something that she's made herself as a coping mechanism for losing vision. And, yeah, sci-fi is not... Right, it's, it's connected to her reality powers. And I saw, I think it was... I can't remember where I saw the... The uh, the video talking about how Wanda has the ability, and and as much power as she has, she has the ability to manipulate the various different Infinity Stones. So she could alter the reality using the re- using the power of the Reality Stone, using you know going going into the Mind Stone, maybe tapping into the Soul Stone to bring Vision back or whatever. So it's early but we're on a trajectory and i would i would encourage anybody that's sitting there not quite sure what to think about this stick with it because after i'm hearing after season uh, after after episode 3 is when things really start to pop open as we go towards multiverse of madness now is wanda creating her own little pocket multiverse is she just Conjuring up the, the sitcom world out of her memories. Because also stop and consider. And this is something that people have talked about culturally. With her being in the Eastern Block, as it were, uh, behind the Iron Curtain of sorts. Looking to the entertainment of the West. Now notice her, her little cul-de-sac is called Westview the view to the west is the entertainment of the united states and programming being what it was people in the that part of the country maybe they're maybe all of their uh, limitations in in resources and technology they don't have the modern television programs so much they're watching reruns they're watching you know what what American programming what Western programming would have access into those countries well it's the old benign sitcoms so I'm I'm seeing speculation a couple of different places well Wanda probably grew up watching these old television shows and it's that's her security blanket that's her comfort when she snaps and has to cope with Vision's death not just once but twice remember that she she did it and then Thanos re- rewound time and then he did it so, so she's watched Vision die twice and maybe as a coping mechanism she's created this little pocket reality based on the shows that she took comfort in watching when she was a kid because they're Nice little perfect examples of perfect domestic bliss. And she can bring vision into that and she can have that reality without it being real. And she recognizes that it's not real because in a couple of places she breaks character out of the sitcom mode and directly talks to... To and about and and in connection with what's going on around her, but not as Wanda the sitcom housewife, but Wanda the 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 magical sorceress who's controlling all of this so um, yeah, it's. It is, an, you know, snob, it is a, an interesting concept and they are trying something new and, it, and it's obvious that what they're doing is leading to something because as you go through these first two episodes, I'm not going to get too far into spoilers here to begin with, but as you get into this, you're starting to see hints that there's something else going on. We even see at the very, at the very end of the first episode that there's something. Um, something on the outside, something not connected with her life in Westview. And we even see, you know, we've seen in the promos, uh, how we go from black and white to color. We're going to be hitting a lot of different sitcoms. And Elizabeth Olsen even said, as they were doing the research on this, they're looking at the, el- uh, the evolution of the humor in these sitcoms going from, I love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke. Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, and you know, moving forward into uh, the Brady Bunch and uh, married with children and family ties, and yes, there's even an homage, a little wink and a nod to Full House, which is where Elizabeth Olsen's sisters were on the cast. And reading one article, it was kind of funny because they said they were talking about the fact that there's a there's a full house wink in one of the episodes and Feige apparently had not even realized it. It hadn't registered. Oh yeah, those are your sisters. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how these episodes play out and where things start to fall apart because we have seen sword on the outside of this, uh, sword of course being the space, entity the space agency that's the that's the companion agency to shield only they've done it a little bit differently with the acronym uh, so now they are looking at space weapons uh, they're basically looking at it as a as a government agency that monitors uh, alien entities that could be a threat to the United States uh, that could be a threat to the to earth do they consider Wanda an alien threat, an alien entity? I mean, Vision, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's not. You're right. It does. It does depend on the payoff. This is a, a very interesting setup. It is a gamble, but I go back to Guardians of the Galaxy for an example where Marvel. As a whole, Marvel Studios, they build this track record. They establish credibility at the point where they can sit there and go, "Hey, we're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie." And nobody knows who the Guardians of the Galaxy are, except maybe a handful of some, you know twenty or thirty thousand people, maybe, if that. And it still is a, uh, a hit at the box office simply because it's a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Feige has managed to deliver solid you know, hit after hit after hit. Now, a couple of those were clunkers. Thor Dark World, not as good. Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2, eh, okay. But for the most part, he's got a really strong track record. So when they get to Guardians of the Galaxy, hey, we're going to make a space movie. Oh, okay. It's Marvel. I trust you. Whereas you've got DC continuing to stumble along their way. Um, But that's a conversation for another day. It is, uh, well, see, Snob makes a point. Cheaper gamble doing on Disney Plus. I don't know. I don't know if they're, they could be spending just as much on the Disney shows as they are on the movies. Um, what did I see that uh, I saw something? Somebody posted something on Twitter basically saying that they were spending more on WandaVision as a whole. The entirety, the entire budget of WandaVision apparently is something like $5 million more than what they're spending on the next Top Gun movie. Don't quote me on that. I I saw it in passing, and I don't have it in front of me. But but it was a it was a wild number. But if they're spending that kind of money on Wandavision, and I don't know that they need to, because in the first couple of episodes, the 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 magic effects that they did uh, for the most part were done the same way they did it back then. So when you're looking at Bewitched or I Dream of Genie, and you've got the you know the floating the floating stuff and the that's all wire work they did it all there's only a very minimal cg element in this and it just enhances some different things it's not a primary here's how we do all of our special effects it's really interesting to see how they recreate all of that very much the same as what they did in those shows that it's paying tribute to And Elizabeth Olsen delivers a a solid performance. I mean, she would have fit in to all of those shows. She's not not aping anybody's performance. She's not impersonating anyone. She's not doing an impression of Lucille Ball or anything like that. She is her own character, her own person. But you can see little bits and pieces where she's pulled from those characters. Uh, Samantha from Bewitched... uh, one of the one of the more obvious ones, but it's a it's so far, I think it's a pretty fun piece. I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to figure where it's going to go, but knowing that it leads to multiverse of madness, there's a couple of different possibilities <clears throat> where either If this is Wanda creating this, then maybe it goes sideways. It gets completely out of her control. She does finally snap and creates the multiverse out of her madness. And this goes back to the whole House of M thing. And that gives us the mutants. It brings in... The X-Men. It can bring in the Fantastic Four. It's all of the stuff that we haven't... That we haven't seen in the Marvel Universe yet. Miles Morales. All of those things. Multiverse of Madness is going to be our entry point... That gives us the ability... to uh, Gives Marvel... I say us. Gives Marvel the, uh, the ability to bring all of those characters in. And Andy Signora is already reporting that Black Panther 2 is going to have Namor and Atlantis and they're going to do the Atlantis versus Wakanda storyline and he's also saying that Doctor Doom is going to be in that movie maybe not very much he might be manipulating events behind the scenes a little bit as it were but we're hearing Doctor Doom and we know that Fantastic 4 is is on the is on the books now we're actually going to get one in the Marvel universe by Marvel Studios from Kevin Feige. So all of that we know is down the line in this continuity. <clears throat> so how we get there, either Wanda snaps and creates all of this multiverse and then and then Doctor Strange has to put it back together. Or somebody on the outside is imposing this on Wanda, in order to make that multiverse thing happen, either is a possibility. Now, when we get into spoiler territory, because <coughs> some of you haven't seen it, I, it, I'm hesitant to get into that. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw us to a very quick break. While we're in the break, those of you who are here with me live, tell me whether or not we're okay with spoilers. And those of you who are listening or watching after the fact, this is the point where you pause and then you can come back and watch the rest of it when you've seen the episode. So stand by. We'll be back after this. Experience makes the difference. Since 2009, Sci-Fi For Me has been bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror have been on our radar from the beginning. And now, Sci-Fi For Me is bringing you something new. A new direction, new partnerships, new content, an all-new mix of programs on an all-new channel. Sci-Fi For Me TV, delivering the multiverse since 2009. All right, so... um uh, sci-fi snob, they could be a little bit of both uh, comic book spoilers and uh, the episode spoilers, because I will admit when I was growing up, I was not a big uh, DC. I was not a big Marvel guy. I was re- I was reading DC all the time. So there wasn't anything really uh, I was not into Marvel as much. Uh, I've I've played catch up a little bit. Uh, over the years, and and had some different things uh, as part of my collection. But the the two uh, the two things that I see referenced a lot in terms of comic books is uh, there's a there are are a couple of runs called uh, Wanda and the Vision, and these are short mini arcs. One of them by John Byrne, I think both of them are by John Byrne, and then House of M. In which uh, Wanda loses her mind, and it's the result of, or it's connected to, the disappearance and the the reality bending that involves her kids. Because um, so so Wanda and Vision at one point have a pair of twin children. And reality gets reshaped and rebent when John Byrne took over. He wiped all that out, and it's revealed that Wanda made it all up. She magically made it happen, and uh, and Agatha Harkness is it Agatha Harkness, who's uh, a witch from the Salem, Salem, Massachusetts days, and was a mentor to Wanda, taught her how to use her magic. Remember, Wanda's a mutant in the comic books. So Agatha is a, a witch from the comics, and we could be seeing her in the neighbor, the nosy neighbor that keeps popping in. Uh, so that's that's a piece of this. Uh, Where the twins were real, and then they weren't, and then they were, and then they were uh, um, uh, reincarnated. And it was one of those wild storylines. And that and House of M... Uh, is is a lot of the meat, I think, on this. And of course, vision had his own run where it was the vision family, vision created his own family. So I think there's elements of that as well. So you have Wanda uh, in this in this show, uh, looks like she's creating this reality. And at the end of the second episode, where and you know we've seen this in the in the credits or in the promos, where she's turning as as the show is going from black and white to technicolor, uh, she's starting to to show in her pregnancy. So it's entirely possible that we're going to get those twins at, <coughs> excuse me, at some point. and then that raises the question of whether or not we're going to follow the imaginary we made it all up twin storylines or if they're actually going to be real and she gets to keep them or, or they get taken away somehow. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because if, if it's Wanda making all of this, then you could then lean into her being the villain Of Doctor Strange 2. Because if she's the one that's creating the multiverse out of her psychotic break. And she's got the family. She's got domestic bliss. She's got vision back. She's got the kids. And if you're going to try to take that away. Sword. Monica Rambeau. Shield. Shield. Doctor Strange, whoever else is standing against her trying to convince her that this is not real and you need to snap out of it. Then she starts fighting for what she wants to hang on to. Now, we also have some indication that uh, Agatha, the neighbor, uh, she has she's mentioned a couple of times now her husband, Ralph. Ralph, of course, is a nice little sitcom name. And it goes to the sitcom trope of mentioning a character that you never see. Uh, Howard Wolowitz's mother on, uh, on, on Big Bang Theory. Maris uh, on Frasier. Um, you know, you get these things where uh, people are talking to someone on the phone and they mention somebody in the neighborhood and you never see them. So Ralph, the husband of the neighbor, might or might not show up. But there are indications that Ralph might be Mephisto, the, the the Satan of the Marvel Universe. And if that's the case, and if this is an imposed reality, something that is done to Wanda, then that opens up more... Uh, More story possibilities for Mephisto being the villain. But I'm wondering how smart of an idea that is because we don't have any setup for Mephisto anywhere else. Uh, We haven't introduced him. We haven't introduced the concept of a devil in the Marvel Universe, Is that supposed to be something that maybe we get... I I don't think it would be anything that we talk about in Morbius. Because Morbius is vampires. It's not... I don't think it's going to get into too much in, in the way of mysticism so much. And it being a Sony property, how much it's going to be connected to the overall Marvel Universe is anybody's guess. But if we are going to have Mephisto introduced as WandaVision is wrapping up and we go into Doctor Strange 2, he could be a very formidable opponent for Doctor Strange and Wanda, because Wanda at some point is going to snap out of it. And she's going to realize, oh, here's what I've done, I have to fix things, because that's in, in the Marvel Universe, that's Wanda's character. She does something. There are consequences. She feels bad. She tries to fix it. We've seen that a couple of times now. So this could be the same kind of thing where she's created this pocket universe and it creates all sorts of problems. And so now she has to go back in and working with Doctor Strange has to fix it. And oh, by the way, we now have to fight Satan maybe could be it it, after I hear after, after the third episode, things start to open up and we start to get more reveals, uh, as the show progresses. And so, you know, these first three are sort of like agents, you know, like I said before, they're agents of shield before captain America, civil war, it's set up, it's, establishing the universe it's establishing the mood it's it's starting to have a few little twilight zone moments the beekeeper uh being one uh comes out of the out of the manhole in in the episode in the second episode we don't know who that is yet but it does give us that moment where wanda breaks out of character for the sitcom and says just flat out no, and rewinds the show to the point where he doesn't come out of the street. So we're starting to get a hint that she's got some control over this, whether it's conscious or not. Maybe, because in the first episode, when when Vision's boss is choking, and she looks right at him and says, Vision, help him. She breaks character again, but she does it in a way that says... I'm talking to Vision. I'm telling Vision what to do. So is Vision part of this whole thing that she's made up? Or has she actually brought him back? And he may not even be aware of what she's done to create this pocket reality. And she can directly address him. And she can directly address events as the, as the narrator of the events. As the author of the events. As well as dropping down in the middle of it and being a participant. Maybe she's of two minds here, where she's there and goes, I'm just going to play act and pretend everything's fine until something goes wrong and then I have to change it. We've seen very few little examples of that, but we have seen examples of that. Little indicators that Wanda is in control to a certain extent of what her reality looks like. And you can even see... Between episode one and episode two, the outside of the house is the same, but the interior of the house changes because we're on a different show. You know, first time, you know, first, first week, you know, the first episode, we're in Dick Van Dyke. Second episode, we're in Bewitched. And the third episode, I think, is Brady Munch and i think I, I, I find it interesting that the interior of the house does changes while the exterior does not and it was pointed out uh, in a in a video you see the cul-de-sac start to you know the details start to fill in the more episodes we get the more detailed the neighborhood is the more detail you know the more the pieces get filled in and there's some twilight zone elements to this as well where you have uh, some different things uh, where the reality kind of gets bent a little, gets twisted just a smidge, and so yeah it, there's there's a very clear indication that Wanda has more control over this than you might think. So that has me leaning toward the fact that she's made this up. It's not something imposed on her. Even though we have people, we've got that radio signal that's breaking in that says, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Wanda could be doing it to herself. Wanda could just have have decided, okay, I'm done with this life over here. I'm going to go back to what I knew growing up as a kid. And I'm just going to wrap myself up in that little security blanket and not come out. I'm going to put my fingers in my ears and I'm going to la 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 all the way home and I'm going to make my home and I'm going to make my home what I think it should be based on what I grew up finding you know, finding comfortable maybe it could very well be that I'm completely wrong it's been known to happen so anyway, for those of you who are Fans of Funko Pops—I'll mention this really quick. Uh, SuperheroStuff.com has a new Marvel WandaVision 50s Funko. So if you're if you're interested in that sort of thing, and we have mentioned before, I'll just mention it now because it's come up in conversation. We do have a discount code over at Superhero Stuff, in case anybody would like to use it we're not seeing a whole lot of communication from them about anything with regard to that, but the discount code is there. You get 10% off when you use the promo code sci-fi for me 10. So uh, there's that. And uh, for those of you who would like to support the channel, I'll just mention it while I'm mentioning things subscribe, star.com slash fi for me. You can sign up there. It's kind of like Patreon. It's kind of like a, a, a monthly Uh, a monthly subscription type of thing to support us in our efforts here. Uh, says radio signal is someone from the outside trying to bring her back. I don't know yet. We have got indication that her TV show is being monitored by somebody on the outside. Uh, and we have seen that one shot of Monica Rambeau being, being shot out of some kind of a, bubble. So it's entirely possible that she's inside. And we've seen the little helicopter with the S.W.O.R.D. logo on it. Some people are speculating that that helicopter might be how Monica Rambeau gets inside Wanda's reality. And somehow she gets ejected out. So Monica Rambeau is working with S.W.O.R.D. Somebody on the outside is monitoring the TV show. So it could very well be that same agency, that same group of people that's monitoring Wanda's reality is also trying to break through to get into Wanda's reality and make contact with her because maybe they don't know that she's done it. You know, it could very well be that on the outside of this pocket reality, Wanda's lying there in a coma and somebody's figured out, oh, she's making this stuff up in her head. We've got to get inside there somehow. So they may not even realize that that she's doing it to herself if she's done it to herself. Again, that's, that's another piece of that where is it her? Is it Mephisto? Is it something else that we haven't seen that's going to get in, introduced before we get to Doctor Strange 2? Because there's a lot of groundwork that you can put in place through the course of... Six to eight episodes. I think I think we're nine episodes this season for one division, and it's a. I don't know if it's a a season one out of multiple seasons, or if it's just going to be these nine episodes done. But that's going to lay out. You know, you've got a lot of time to build whatever foundation that you're going to build in order to get to Doctor Strange two, and then of course we have whatever else is connected to this storyline. In the next Spider-Man movie. Because that's going to be a thing that's connected to all of this as well. Because that's how you're going to get Jamie Foxx back as Electro. That's how you're going to get uh, Alfred Molina back as Doc Ock. It's how you're going to get three different Spider-Man Peter Parkers back. As part of this whole multiverse thing. So this is all connected. From Wanda WandaVision to Doctor Strange two to Spider-Man home theater thing, whatever three is going to be. Um we'll see. And yeah, Snob, I think you're right. I think it's a I think she's in it. She's in the bubble. And whether it's a physical bubble and sort of surrounding it. Or if it's just her in a room and they're monitoring from other rooms, I think the, you, can, you, can argue, you can maybe make the argument either way. Uh, we have seen S.W.O.R.D. agents out in the open, so maybe they managed to get inside that reality. Maybe they managed to penetrate that bubble. Or it could very well be that things start to fall apart now that allow them on the outside to be able to access whatever it is that Wanda's doing. I think it's just going to depend on how she's creating this. If it's an imposed reality, that's going to be a little bit different challenge than if it's just her making it up to, to console herself, to recover from the trauma. At some point, she's going to have to wake up. Whether it's, you know, she's doing it to herself or somebody's doing it to her. At some point, she's got to wake up because you have to have that aha moment uh, like you have in the Truman Show. When he realizes that his entire life is just this big TV thing. You have to have that moment. There's going to have to be a realization moment for Wanda where she realizes that none of this is real. Now whether Vision is real or not. That's going to be another thing. Because if Vision is not real. In this series. And he dies again. If she loses him again. That could be. What makes her snap. And go mad. And we get House of M type of psychotic break. Maybe. Maybe she realizes Vision's dead. And she has to acknowledge that Vision's dead. Whether Monica Rambeau helps her realize that, whether S.W.O.R.D. helps her realize that, whether it's Agatha coming in and saying, you really need to make these kids. Because Vision's dead. Because we've seen in the Halloween episode, and I think that's the next one, the Brady Bunch one, um, You know, she looks at him and breaks character... And it says, you're supposed to be dead. And, And there's that moment of acknowledgement of the overall outside MCU. Where Vision is dead. And the snap has happened. So all of that has gone on. Infinity War and Endgame and all of that. So there's an acknowledgement there from Agatha. Saying, yep, you're dead. So is this Vision vision brought back to life because Wanda can manipulate the infinity stones and she brings him back to life. Or is he a construct within this reality bubble, the same as everybody else. And if this is a reality construct from Wanda, how is Agatha there? What's her part in all of this? Is she nudging and making it happen and manipulating Wanda into into doing this kind of thing or is she just happens to be there and is able to exploit what's going on is she just being able to you know is she able to take advantage of Wanda in this situation you know so it I, we'll see we'll see there's a lot of different ways it could go there's a lot of different places it could go with this but we do know that eventually it gets to Doctor Strange 2 and they've been shooting that this month, so hopefully we'll start to see some news trickle out uh, out of that. Uh, Savage Sob thinks he's a, thinks that Vision is a construct. Whether or not he stays a construct, uh, yet to be determined. I think you're right. I think uh, I think she could make him real. Um. Maybe. I I think some of it could be... Well, okay, this is off the cuff, but what if... What if... If Mephisto is involved, and if he's, you know, he's the Marvel Satan, what if some kind of deal with the devil, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, brings Vision back as real, outside of this reality bubble, and it costs Wanda something. I don't know. Something to ponder. But there we are. That's the that's the first two episodes of WandaVision. There's a lot of I mean, most of the reviews online are fairly positive. Uh, there are a couple of them that are a little bit sideways in terms of looking at uh, the sexism and the politics of the 50s and 60s and how terrible they were to women. Uh, Mary Sue being Mary Sue But I think for the most part, most of these are seeing the show as it is uh, for what it is, where it's an where it's an homage to these shows, not a parody of the show. I think it's a really interesting choice that they made for that first episode to be shot in front of a, a live studio audience. That hasn't been done in. I don't know how long. So we'll see it's it's. Uh, you know, mostly the critics think it's good. Audience, for the most part, thinks it's good. But I've seen some people who have a history of, you know, liking the Marvel stuff, being in the Marvel, in, you know, being in the comics industry and they're looking at it going, I don't know about this. I don't know if I like this or not. And I would say to those folks, I mean, yeah, it, it it may not be everybody's cup of tea but we are only 2 episodes in we're starting to get some elements that don't fit the sitcom of the of the episode for example in that in that second episode we get it's it's still in black and white but we have a color a colorized toy helicopter with the sword logo on it that drops in there in the middle of things. So you're starting to see little bits and pieces from the outside reality creeping in. And I think as we go forward, you're going to start seeing more of that. Once we get past episode three, we get the Brady Bunch episode out. Past that, I think you're going to start seeing more Twilight Zone rather than full house family ties that that'll be the setting but you're gonna get more twist you're gonna get more reality bending you're gonna get more uh, reveals as time goes on in order to fully flesh out what's happening here and remember this is all a setup you have you know if you're doing three episodes if you're doing nine episodes you can do three arcs. You First three episodes are act one. You've got act two, act three. And if you're doing them three episodes at a time, there's going to be a piece that, you know, this is the setup to say, here's the reality. And at the end of that third episode, we're probably going to get the reveal that this is all made up and it's all in her head. The second three is her coming to terms with it. I'm, this is complete speculation on my part. The next the next three episodes, three, four, you know, four, five, and six, are her coming to grips with the fact that she's made all this up. Seven, eight, nine, what is she going to do about it? Whether she's got to fight Mephisto or she's got to hang on and fight anybody trying to, to get her out of it or whatnot, that's going to be the last three. And then whatever happens after that, we're going to have a cliffhanger and it's going to go to Doctor Strange too. That's my theory. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. You know, Sci-Fi Snob, you make a point here. The storyline not popular in Spider-Man. That, I had not even thought about that. The deal that Peter Parker makes with the devil in order to bring Aunt May back. You know that that actually could Oh. That actually could play into this. One more day. And I had not even thought about the implications of that because I you don't normally associate one more day with anybody but Spider-Man. But what if you do the same kind of thing here where Wanda has constructed this reality but she's constructed this reality because Mephisto gives her the additional abilities to do it. If she's made a deal with the devil as it were in order to bring in order to bring vision back and the and the price she has to pay is the twins. I I had not thought about that. That That has all sorts of other implications in terms of what could make her lose her mind. Because now, if you have to make a choice, do you choose between your husband or your children? Do you choose between the person that you've already seen die twice? Or do you choose the people that you have created out of whole cloth? That may, may or may not really be real people. But still, you're making a choice between family. Now, also consider... Vision... Even on the outside, in the reality... Vision is a constructed being. He's a robot. He's an android. He's a synth- a, a, a synthetic person. And if the kids... If the twins are created out of Wanda's magic, they're constructed persons as well. So you have an entire family where only one person is really a real person. Everybody else is made. What implications does that have to the family dynamic, to the mental and emotional health of Wanda as part of all of this. I, I, I will be interested to see artificial people. We prefer the artificial people. I will make a note. And I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of commercials we get in Episode 3. Speaking of which, I have made the request before... Those of you who have any talents and abilities in making t- uh, in, in in editing video, if you want to send us some fake mock TV commercials, you know some speciality City type stuff, we're more than open to it. So there is that. All right, so that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, being part of the conversation. Don't forget tonight, we have a brand new Salacious Crumbs. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, live here on Sci Fi Free TV. Uh, McKenna will be back uh, to host uh, that show. And then uh, later on in the week, uh, we've got more live from the bunker. Tomorrow is episode number 200. And uh, then we've got, uh, I believe, a new Tartar Sauce this week. We've got new Ranker Pit this week. We've got new Foreign Bodies this week. All the shows are back. And uh, so we will have all of that this week. So be sure that you are subscribed and uh, have the notifications turned on so that you know when we have new programming, new episodes, new installments that hit. And uh, be sure to check out all of our social media points of contact, uh, such as they are for as long as they last. Uh, and then also we do encourage everyone to sign up for the newsletter. You can do that in our show notes or go over to sci-fi-for-me.com, and uh, there's a little pop-up. You can sign up there. Because we're going to keep uh, trying to crank out more reviews. I've got a couple of them in the hopper that i got to finish here in the next day or two for uh, for some books and for movies that I've watched. We're going to try to... Boost and uh, and beef up the reviews on the .com uh, as as well as having the conversation that we have here. So uh, be sure to stick around for all of that, and feel free to share. Uh, we are at uh, just a little over fifteen hundred and fifty subscribers on our YouTube channel. We would love for that to be a higher number, but uh, you know, we take what we get. And we play to the seats that are filled. And we do appreciate you coming in and filling those seats and being here with us today. We will be back with more live from the bunker tomorrow. Thanks for being here, everyone. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.